Well, are you ready to do a podcast? Ready. You're you're like a master at these. <laughs> Remember the chorus you were in as a kid? How about your high school marching band? Or maybe it's just that one class you took in college or summer camp at the local community theater. Or maybe it's exploring being on stage for the first time as an adult. In every arts organization, there are hundreds of stories of how those experiences change people's lives. We want to hear and share those stories. These are the stories of impact and change making through an organization called Central Florida Community Arts. Through this journey, you will meet people who lead or intersect with our mission to build and serve community through the arts. On this episode, you will hear from Rob Lott, who is a board member, one of the founding core members of the organization, a show director, and an artist himself. Hey, Rob. Hey. It's so great to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. You were doing the, that introduction, and I absolutely, I have memories of all of that stuff that you listed. Yeah. Well, you know, you were with us from the very beginning in the in the infamous garage meeting. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that meeting? I remember um, being surprised at how well furnished your garage was. <laughs> you know, that's a, I don't always go into detail. That it had carpet and like movie theater furniture. Yeah. You know, I just like to leave it at that. It was a garage. Yeah. It really was more of a kind of a, a home theater uh, it was a garage at one point and it, and it might be a garage again today, but, but at the time it was, it was more of a garage that you would turned into a home theater and it was, it was very well, <laughs> very well put together. And it still had a garage door. So that yes, counts, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you remember the horrible PowerPoint presentation? I remember pieces of it. I remember, I remember being like, okay, I, I get it. I'm on board. You can put the PowerPoint presentation away. Let's just get started. Yeah. 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 Like, let's, uh, that's let's how do something. I felt too. Yeah, and you know, after that PowerPoint presentation and that garage meeting that night, after everybody left, is when we incorporated oh, September twenty seventh, two thousand and ten. Wow! So we did we did get busy. That's right, right away. <laughs> so we were talking earlier, just before the the tape started rolling, uh-huh. Rob, and you are uh, my friend, but you are also a show director and a and a performer, and you are a musician. How did this whole journey begin? Do you remember some of the, the the beginnings of your artistic journey? Well, yeah, I I come from a rare breed of people who have uh, never not known what I wanted to do. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be in the arts in some way, shape, or form. I didn't necessarily, as I was growing up in Ohio, I didn't necessarily have a way to articulate that very well. But at the same time, I knew if there was a stage, I wanted to be on it. If there was a microphone, I wanted to be in front of it. If there was an audience, I wanted to, I, I wanted to take center stage and do something for them. I didn't know what I didn't, <laughs> but I just knew if there's, if wherever the arts specifically performing arts, wherever it's happening, I just wanted to be a part of it. And so that was, I mean, when I say, um, uh, that that I I've never not known what I wanted to do. Um, that is very true, and my parents would tell you the same. So as far as the spark goes, I can't necessarily point to any one time, any one moment. But looking back, um, I just felt such a sense of 
um, energy when I would step on stage or just uh, energy and strength when I would uh, finish up a rehearsal and just I would I would leave rehearsal more energized than when I started. And I think that was you know, that has been a continual theme throughout my life and one that, you know, so I, I imagine somebody listening right now can can identify with that. And they go, yeah, that's me. Um, and I, I think that that is, um, you know, it's, it's just in me. It's just I can't point to any one moment, any one spark. Um, I just have always known what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be around stages. I wanted to be in show business. And here I am. Yeah, and all these years later, here you are. Do you remember the first time you were on stage? Yeah. Or what part you played? Yeah, I do. It was a solo. Um, my my church had a July 4th, an Independence Day celebration at a local park. And uh, but it was it was a big giant church, so there was a big um, you know a big orchestra and a big choir, and they did a whole bunch of patriotic stuff at the at the park, and literally the kid who is supposed to sing it was a song all about the fifty states, and you listed all the fifty states, and the kid who was supposed to sing it um, he was probably twelve or thirteen years old, and he got um, strep throat that morning. Uh, of the show and my my now now my dad was singing in the choir and he had been rehearsing with the with the part tape you know uh and i was always in the car when that was playing and so i knew all of that music forward and back uh and i knew all of the lyrics to the to the 50 states song and so my dad called up the music director and he goes, Hey, so I'm just putting this out there. We, I know that this kid is sick, but, um, my son knows the song. And so if, if you would, you know, if if you'd be interested, he would be interested in doing it, I imagine. And so we set up a really quick rehearsal. Um, the the rehearsal was not with the orchestra. It was not with the choir, although the performance would be. The rehearsal was just me sitting next to the piano player before they turned on all of the microphones and everything. And the audience had already gathered. And it was just me with the piano player sitting next to her. And he um, he had me run through the song. And he goes, do you feel confident to do this? And I already had my like my blue pants and red bow tie on <laughs> and my white shirt. I was ready to go. I said, yeah, I feel confident to do this. And so uh, he goes, all right, well, we're going to start here in about 10 minutes. So just sit over there and, and I'll call you over when it's time. And so my very first solo was with a full orchestra (laughs) and a big choir. And we didn't actually have rehearsal with, with, with any of that. My, my, the performance was the first run through. And I do remember feeling my, my, there's a lyric in the song. uh, My knees began and knocking, my words fell out all wrong. And I literally, my knees, I had never experienced that. I was six years old, but my knees were knocking together as I sang that lyric. And I was nervous for sure because it was like i don't know how this is gonna go but at the same time like here i am the audience is staring at me they're smiling they're expecting something so i better deliver and so i did it and when it was over i came and i went backstage um and my mom was like how do you feel i go oh i feel great let's do it again but it was just the one time performance on a sunday afternoon at at the park Uh, so that was my very first time stepping on stage and uh and my well, I was I I knew I was going to be hooked, but sure enough, I've been hooked ever since. 
Yeah, so you were six years old, and it was a song about the 50 states that you have to sing about all 50 it was, states. It was a listing of all 50 states. Alabama and Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, and Connecticut, and more. There's, yeah, it goes through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob, why did you stop? I thought we were going to get to hear that. <laughs> so it ended up being a positive moment for you. I mean, that could have just, like, scarred you for oh, life absolutely. if it didn't go well. But but you you left with the performance bug Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. So, you're really great, Rob, about giving a shout out to people. You're you are a life learner of leadership mm. and uh, of people that you like to learn from and follow. And you're really good about giving shout outs to those people and and and, and acknowledging when you're learning from someone. Tell us about an artistic influence in your life and, and what is something you took away from them? Um. Well, okay. So uh, for for sure, it started. My my parents had a conversation. I think even before my sister, my older sister, was born, or shortly thereafter. Uh, and I was I was on the way, or I had just arrived. Um, and they had a conversation with some with some um, parents that they had, that they kind of looked up to and admired. And they said, "Hey, we we really like the way that your kids have turned out. How can we do that?" And so through a series of conversations with uh, kind of mentoring, my parents had these mentor parents um, that they were chatting with. And they said, you know, the same way that a company um, or a business has values, has core values, you as a family, you need to have core values. You need to know what you stand for. You need to know what you believe as a family. And, you know, the way that you raise these children um, should be rooted in those values. And so um, I am very uh, thankful um, for the family that I grew up in, in that my dad um, was and is a singer. My mom uh, was a piano player, and the, they knew that we were going to have a value of music and specifically live music in our, in our house. So there was always music playing. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's funny. I grew up, my, my parents grew up with Southern gospel music and they passed that along <laughs> to my sister and I. And so we have a very solid understanding and a, and a historical <laughs> understanding of <laughs> Southern gospel music. Um, and so when Bill Gaither and, uh, when, when all of that kind of blew up again in the early nineties. And there was this resurgence of Southern gospel music. There was a gentleman who kind of, uh, popped out of nowhere, um, within all of that. And his name was Mark Lowry. Uh, and if you know the name Mark Lowry, what you know is he was kind of rely, he was, he was looked at and relied upon within the, um, the Gaither vocal band as not only he, he needed to carry his baritone part. He needed to sing that well. He also needed to solo and do all of that very well, but he was relied upon to also bring the fun and the funny to the show, to the concerts. Mm. And so um, he actually, very early on, um, he, again, I, I say we went to a large church and uh, growing up and he came and did a concert at our church long before he was at, singing with the Gaither vocal band. Uh, but he, he did a concert and they recorded the concert and it was going to be a live recording that went, that he was going to sell at his, at his tape table, um, in the lobby after all of his shows. Well, my dad did the announcement, did the introduction of him on this recording. And so we had this recording just kind of as a keepsake, uh, 
that my dad was at the beginning of it doing the the introduction, but then the rest of the tape was Mark Lowry doing his show. But in it, between every song, he would do these monologues and these, it was basically like stand up that he was doing all about his life growing up and the things that he had noticed um, about uh, the business that he was in. And so, uh, but but I grew up listening to that and that gave me a very real sense of comedic timing, um, as well as the necessity of like, okay, yes, you can be the fun, funny guy, but you also need to deliver on the quality of performance. Um, it, it can't just be off, off the top of your head all the time, although there's value to that for, for our improv actor friends that are listening. Um, and I, I do value that for sure. You have to be able to do that, but also, but let that come from a place of preparation. Um, and I, again, I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't able to articulate that at the time, but I, I could tell, no, these are, these are not stories that he's telling off the top of his head. They are crafted stories that he has written and worked on and found the fun and the funny of these stories so that when he brings it around to the serious point that he wants to make, he has the audience with him and in the palm of his hand to be that they're paying attention to the point that he wants to make. So it was all rooted. It's still in excellence. Um, but there was fun that was associated with that. So that was one of the very early, um, you asked, that was a long answer to a, um, quick question. That was a very early, um, uh, um, uh, influence that I had, uh, as a performer. Well, and I can see now that you say that about Mark, about Mark Lowry, and I know who that is, I can see how that would be intertwined in who you are today oh my as goodness. a performer and how you got pieces of There's that literally... so, so your mom, you know, you led her staff in yeah. leadership thoughts for years. And one of my favorite leadership thoughts was when your mom came and and just sat down and for like 45 minutes, just like nugget <laughs> after nugget and jewel after jewel of just wisdom but your family, you know, your your sister is an accomplished author and and your family, you know, whenever I see you together, how you speak about each other, there's this really great love, but ultimately respect mm-hmm. for each other. And do you think that some of that was because of the arts in your home? And did that play a part in that relationship? Well, OK, so I, you've heard me talk before about um, I believe wholeheartedly that creativity is quite simply making something where there wasn't something before. So creativity um, oftentimes is held up as as the arts, as dancing and painting and and uh, writing music and um, all of you know those those aspects of the arts are oftentimes held up as creativity. But um, I believe that again, creativity is making something where there wasn't something before. So balancing a budget that wasn't balanced before there's creativity in that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, w- right. working an Excel spreadsheet, I, I, my goodness, I look at people who do that and I go, oh, I cannot do that. They are brilliant with that. And they're so creative in the way that they make that happen. Um, and so I would say, um, not just the, the arts, the arts definitely played a part in that, but I think more so it was a respect of the, the natural inclinations that my sister and I have, um, and had at the time. So mm-hmm. I knew, like I said early on, I knew that I wanted to be in show business some way, shape or form. I didn't know what it was going to look like yet, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so my parents said, okay, um, you run toward that and you 
figure that out and we are going to mm-hmm. give you all of the respect and the support that you need to do that. So um, that was a, that was a family value. One of the things that came around was, uh, that, that we coined for our family was what's important to one of us is important for all of us. So my sister wanted to, um, she really, really wanted badly to win the spelling bee. I had no interest in winning the spelling bee, but my sister, who is now a very accomplished author, um, she wanted that title. She wanted to win the spelling bee. And so she, we all took turns going over every night spell um um, giving her words to spell and uh and so and she did she won the spelling bee and that's because what was important to one of us was important to all of us um and so not only was i pushed to do the things that were that i was naturally interested in but my sister was as well and because of that we never really felt the need and i know that this can't necessarily be true for every family all the time but we never really felt the need to be in competition with each other um, and so often mm. that competition with each other is what drives um, uh, is was might maybe what can drive siblings, especially to not like each other uh, and not get along. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because maybe it is parents wanting to kind of pit them against each other to, you know, who is going to be more successful, uh, whether it's grades or whether it's what school they get into or what they choose as a, as a profession. Um, they're, Parents have a whole lot of power to say that's the successful one and that's the one that we're still working on, Mm. (laughs) you know, Mm. and instead uh, my parents said you will be successful whatever you choose to do as long as you give yourself wholly 100% to that thing. And they, they, they gave us the resources that we need to, needed to be able to do that. So was the arts necessary for that? Um, going back to what I said before, I believe that creative, I think that everybody is an artist in, in, in what way that they are creative. Right. Everybody has the capacity to be an artist. So yes, the arts absolutely played into it. It was just a matter of finding what way was I creative? What way was I artistic? Same with my sister, same with, with my parents supporting us with that. I love that, Robin. Arts and creativity, you know, they go hand in hand and creativity is really about celebrating what is unique about each person or what they bring, uh, bring to the conversation with the art. And then ultimately it's about expression and your, your family really embraced that. They embraced the ability to express yourself and support it. Well, like beautiful. Well, hopefully somebody, so hopefully some parent is listening and will take that advice. I'm, yeah, with it. <laughs> uh, my sister and I, we actually started our own podcast um, called Let's Talk Soon. And uh, one of the reoccurring themes is that very thing of just how can we kind of, how can we help? Um, you know, my sister has a life and a career that she loves. I have a life and a career that I love. And it's very much, we have our parents to thank for that. And so a reoccurring theme on our podcast is that idea of how can we help parents to understand, support your kids and the things that they naturally want to do, support them in it because they will be successful in that thing. Perfect. All right, good. Another podcast <laughs> adds my list. What was the name it's called again? Let's Talk Soon. Let's Talk Soon. So if you want more of Rob Lott, go check out yeah. Let's Talk Soon. Uh, so Rob, I've known you for 10 years, mm-hmm. at least 10 years, and I could list uh, many things that I know that you're proud of in the arts, but can you give our listeners just an example of something that you are exceptionally proud of? Um, you know what? Yes. <laughs> um I am, I'm exceptionally proud of, um, the two things. Um, 
there is a team that that through Central Florida Community Arts, um, we've been able to develop a team, um, a, what my team, the, the production team that I work with and I lead. Um, uh, most often, um, it is specifically Jacob Haynes and Ashley Wilsey. Um, and, uh, and we've, we've had a few others that rotated on and off, uh, to come alongside us for what we were doing, but I love that team and I love what we've been able to create together. Um, all of the things that we've been able to create together, but I think we all would agree that one of the things that we really are very proud of, we got to be among the first to stage, um, a full performance of the Hunchback of Notre Dame and, um, and we did that with Central Florida Community Arts as our producer, <clears throat> and so we're we're hugely thankful for that. But that was a, that was a story and a time that I don't think that we realized how much our community and how much the people on stage and the people in our audience needed that story in in that time. Not only of um, you know I, uh, what was it 2018 uh, is is when we did that. And it was just, it was a really important show for us to do um, at a very important time. We had a, a kind of a creative through line that we, that we wanted. Um, and let me see if I can remember it. It was, um, <clears throat> uh, oh goodness. Uh, um, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was really it was good really it was good. very important at the time and those of you who were in the show you're screaming it out right now you're driving your cars and you're going oh it's what it was it was um to uh uh oh i'll think of it and then and we'll put it into the show notes um but just blurt it out blurt out it's i will i will yeah <laughs> oh this is yeah it was it well, was too oh on. it was to disturb the comfortable and to comfort the disturbed that's what it was. Yes, it was. I remember that. It was See, to I disturb. Have that I, 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 I had the word disturb in my head. I was like, disturb, but what did, what were we disturbing? <laughs> to disturb the comfortable, <laughs> comfortable and to comfort the disturbed. That our story, this story that we were telling, if you, depending on who you identified with on that stage, you should either have felt comforted or you should have felt disturbed. And... Either way, people were going to walk away from that show, and they did walk away from that show. Um, they didn't walk away tapping their toe and snapping their fingers with a smile on their face. It definitely was a, a show that people walked away and needed to kind of ruminate on and think on for a little while. And that wasn't all just us. That was, of course, the the the, the performers on stage, um, <clears throat> but the material that they were given was so good, so strong. And uh, if you have an opportunity to see, uh, wherever you're listening to this, if you have an opportunity to see Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, the musical, uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, Rob, you and your team, it produced one of the most uh, incredible or, uh, uh, presentations we've ever had as an organization. And I'm easily moved by by the arts, but I can count on one hand the times that I've mm. been overwhelmed by it. And your performance of Hunchback of Notre Dame was one of those. And I, I just I know. wish it lasted longer. I know. It's, yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe one, one day, day we'll have a revival of it because it is a story on the other side of, of what we're going through now that might need to be told again and a, a, and a reminder. So you came to CFC Arts at the very beginning. I remember a picture of me, you, Clay yeah. Price, and Nikki Hyatt at the opening kickoff 
uh, for the choir. Uh, you've been with us since since day one, and we met at Disney, and, and you came to the garage meeting, as we talked about. How would you describe this organization? When you think of Central Florida King Arts, you know, being involved since day one, beyond the mission statement and the three fancy <laughs> words that we called our vision, how does Rob Lott think of um, uh, an An unstoppable freight train. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, you'll find this funny. When I asked Kat this, she went into a more like a, a better answer after this, but her first one was gigantic. <laughs> so we are a gigantic yeah. unstoppable freight train. Perfect. And Dustin said we were stubborn. Wait, what was I it? I also like that in a way. Oh, yeah. We're stubborn. We don't know no, it's true. say no. Yeah. In a, in a good way. Like when other people would give up, we would say, no, we're not. We're going to make sure that person has access yeah. to the arts. We're going to figure it out. So we're a stubborn, gigantic, unstoppable <laughs> freight train. I love it. <laughs> I have a new elevator speech now. <laughs> Oh, no, I, 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 you had said early on, uh, why this podcast exists. And I, I hope that not only will it, will it work as kind of a, a, an ongoing way to document the story of Central Florida Community Arts, but also, um, you know, you know, I know the power of the arts. We know how important the arts are, um, that, you know, I've, I've long said, I believe that a story told well, um, has the capacity to not only, uh, change someone's life, but truly can, can save someone's life. And we have story after story after story with Central Florida Community Arts uh, of, of lives that were saved. Lives for sure that have been changed, but also lives that have been saved. And that is true, whatever community you are in, wherever you are listening to this, that uh, the arts, uh, we, we, have, we have long said that we are not just for Central Florida Community Arts, but we are for the arts in Central Florida. And I would tag onto that beyond because this podcast is available wherever podcasts are available. And so wherever Whenever you are listening, make sure that you get yourself plugged into the arts somewhere. And if if the arts aren't available for you to get plugged in, then it is your responsibility to start it. Yeah. Wow. What a good <laughs> message. You should wow. put me on the board. Wow. I could not have. <laughs> I should. What? Yeah. So two questions. What makes CFC Arts unique? And then as you answer that, Knowing our mission and, and what we do, tell us a story of someone that you know that intersected with Steve Sarts and it really impacted um, them. Yeah, what makes Central Florida Community Arts unique? Um, there's there's a lot in regard to numbers, and I think for for a lot of people, um, there's 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 an impressive nature that comes with big numbers, and I, I don't want to take that away. But with those big numbers. Um, those numbers represent people and the, the people that we are talking about. Yes, we've got the, the, the supposedly potentially the world's largest community choir. Uh, and we are, we, we have an enormous <laughs> orchestra, right? But, and those, those, those numbers, when we report those things to the people who are keeping count for whatever reason, uh, those numbers, they represent people and the people um, they have relationships within Central Florida Community Arts that is not just, they're not one of, um, they're not one member of this giant choir. They're a member of the tenor section. Uh, and more importantly, not only are they a member of the tenor section, but they stand in this row 
And every time that they show up, they know that to their left is going to be this guy and to their right is going to be this guy. And they find each other. They find their family, especially in central Florida. Um, we have long, we've, we've known this to be true that, that in central Florida, there's a very small percentage of people who were born and raised in central Florida. Um, it's not that they don't exist, mm. but they it's, it's hard to find people who were born and raised here. Everybody came here from somewhere else most often. And so they found themselves in a situation, uh, where they needed to find a family, find a family to celebrate things with, to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and holidays. But also what am I going to do when I have a bad day? What is going to happen when, when we as a country are in crisis and I need to find my people that are going to support me, even if it is from six feet away, or even if it is um, only on zoom calls, I need to find my people. Mm -hmm. And so people have found their family. And I know that central Florida community arts has represented that to a lot of people. There is an individual um, and she will know who she is, um, <clears throat> but she was at a rehearsal early on. We were having a rehearsal for a show and she wasn't feeling well and she began to slump over in her seat. And, um, and thankfully, my goodness, thank the Lord, she was sitting next to a nurse and the nurse had the wherewithal, of course, uh, to stop the rehearsal, to stand up and say, Rob, we need to stop. Uh, we have a medical emergency right now. Please call 911 and let's let's figure this out. And uh, and and so this individual, um, she they laid her down and they put you know, they cooled her down and they made did everything that they knew to, knew to do before the paramedics got there. And uh, we would find out later that the the nurse who had brought all of this to our attention, she was like, you know what, I've been doing this for a long time, and I did not see this ending happily. But because of where she was, mm. because of the people that she was surrounded with, had she been home that evening um, and, and not in rehearsal with us, uh, she would not have, uh, she probably wouldn't have made it. And I say that to say that um, all of us, you know, it could have just as easily gone the other way and we would be telling a different story now. But um, but all of us, we need community somewhere. And um, I am a firm believer. We, I love being in community with other artists, with other creatives who challenge me and whom I can challenge. Um, I love being in community with artists and creatives. Um, and I would say that whatever your thing is, you need to be in community with that some way, some, somehow. And uh, thankfully, this individual, she had, she was in community with us. And, uh, and, and her life was saved that night because of, of her being with us. So would you, would you, would she say that, um, that she is a, a lifelong member of, of Center for Community Arts? Yes, she is. And her family has come along and they've begun joining saying, no, you don't understand. We are, we are so, uh, thankful and, uh, and grateful and dependent on Central Florida Community Arts for saving this life. And so, um, yeah, not to get overly dramatic, but yeah, when I say it, we, the arts have the capacity not only to change a life, but to save a life. That is a literal example. That's a, that's amazing. I don't know that I would have ever picked that story, but now that you say it, that beautiful human being who has gone on to do many more shows with us attributes uh, yeah. the arts to saving her life, literally. And, you know, you articulated perfectly the reason why 
we are doing this podcast. We didn't need one more <laughs> thing to add to our to-do list. But when I get to stand up literally all over the country and talk about our work, it is impressive. It is gigantic. And it is a freight train because there are so many people involved and people along their journey said, Josh, I love that you, you know, you talk about all of these people and these numbers, Mm. but I just want to hear about a person. I want to hear about someone who really was changed. What does that mean? And what does that look like? And that's why we started this podcast to be able to really share those stories. And you did that so perfectly several times. Rob, our, our time is already <laughs> out. How did this happen? Because we're both, we, we're we both long-winded. Time. That's why it so happened. So, Rob, leave us. <laughs> That's true, too. So leave us with uh, some parting words. Um, why are the uh, arts well, so important? You know, there's been a meme that has been going around of, you know, the next time that somebody questions whether the arts are important, uh, you know, we are recording this right now while you and I are in quarantine, we are in uh, shelter in place. Um, and the, the world is closed right now. Um, but the meme that's going around saying the next time somebody questions whether or not the arts are important, just try being in quarantine without a book, without a movie, without some music and uh, Mm. see how that goes for you. And so, you know, I think that somebody literally just said today, um, uh, and I, I, I went on to further say that um, creating creatives in general and and the arts is a great place to do it but creating in general it is such a gift the ability to create something is such a gift and in these times that gift of creating it's not a demand it is not required it is a gift and creating things um all of us have have an ability to do that and when we create something it helps it helps to make us feel better about the world that we're in. It helps to make us feel like, and, and the truth that we are contributing to uh, something that is bigger and more important than us. And so the arts uh, are, are that's, that's, there's, there's no better way, no better, more streamlined uh, avenue to create and to um, have community in the creative process than the arts. So that's why it's important. That's why I have dedicated my life literally to <laughs> finding ways uh, to, to make my way back on stage whenever possible. Rob, I feel better uh, after having this conversation with you. You have a way of encouraging those uh, that are in this journey in the arts. And I so appreciate you coming on and and telling us your story. So we want to hear your stories, friends. Email us at artsmatter at cfcarts.com. Until next time.